Welcome to Veronica with a K, your guide to the world of global education. You can easily guess my name from the title. I am Veronica, spelled with a K, an international student at Washington Lee University located in the United States. Originally, I'm from Moscow, Russia, but currently I live in Lexington, Virginia. International students in all ways, full-time, exchange, people who go abroad for a language program or a term, it doesn't matter. They all are a source of my constant inspiration. So I decided to collect their unique stories and share them with the world. Because I believe that those are the stories that are worth sharing. So fasten your seatbelts. In the first episode, we're going to Costa Rica with Haley Minnery. Monolingualism is the illiteracy of the 20th century. I'm definitely a Spanglish kind of girl. We had to sign a contract saying oh, that wow. we would not speak any English. Like, you better not be going up there making other families. <laughs> So if you need the inspiration to learn another language, here's your inspiration, my friend. Here are not dangerous. Veronica with a K. No one will discover the world for you. Hello, my name is Haley Minnery, and I'm a student at Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. I'm currently studying uh, both neuroscience and Spanish on the pre-help track. Awesome. Look at you, queen. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You made it through first year, and now you're almost made it through first term of sophomore year. How's that? Oh, it's been rough, but I'm trying my best, working my hardest. I bet. I, I can see that, because... Um, it's been a long time since we've known each other. Yes. It's been <laughs> over a year and a half. Can you believe that? I that is crazy. It. it really is. And we lived together almost the whole time except for four weeks in spring term when you were not here. Yeah, Basically. Really. Think That's about really it. That's really crazy to think about. But yeah, know, only, right? only four weeks. I missed mm. you greatly. <laughs> I missed, missed you, you deeply so much. Yeah. We uh, were roommates the whole year first year. Mm. And for it to happen, you had to check on your form that you were willing to live with an international student. Mm -hmm. When you did that, did you actually expect to get one or you just did it because you didn't think it through? I actually really wanted to have an international student roommate. Like when I checked it, I was like, oh, I wish I could triple check this because <laughs> I was so passionate about having an international student roommate because um, something that was very important to me like growing up in school is I always tried to surround myself with people that were like as different from me as possible. Like having the most diverse backgrounds just because I just like to learn everything I can from people that have had a different upbringing or maybe they're from a different country, they've had a different life experience. But I just love having those kinds of conversations with those types of people where it just, um, like a global perspective for everyone. Even if we're all Americans for the most part in high school, like that was something really cool. So um, I knew going into college, um, something I, that I really wanted was to continue that kind of learning by learning from different kinds of people for, with different backgrounds. And for that reason, I really wanted to have an international student roommate because I figured what better way can you learn about another country than to live with someone from that country, you know, for a whole year and navigate all the struggles of your first year of college. And I just thought that would be a really amazing experience. So I was really hopeful that I would get one and I'm very glad that I did. That's so sweet. I am very glad. Oh yeah. My God. Most of the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh I'm, my god, I'm most very, of the time. I'm very glad all of the time. Yeah, we're gonna have a conversation on the record yeah. after that. <laughs> when we get back home. Yeah, because we still live together, kinda. <laughs> that is true, yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, very hard to get rid of, apparently. <laughs> Interesting. It was a crazy year, and you happened to be friends with a lot of international students mm -hmm. here, too. And kind of like the tradition from your school went on, and you're still mm. friends, but... 
how did that happen here? Was it because I was an international student and I kind of like I was hanging out with people and you、mm-hmm. saw them, or did you get to meet them in your classes? Like, how did that happen for you? Yeah, I definitely think it was a mixture of both of having the connections with international students with you, and also on my own making separate friendships. Because I remember when we first got here, it was international orientation, and it was mostly international students that were on campus. A few people thought that I was an international student, and they would ask me like, "Oh, what country are you from?" And I'm like, "Northern Virginia," <laughs> you know, great like, country, highly recommend the great country of Northern Virginia, but. <laughs> But yeah, I think I got to meet some people、um, through that. Just being here and just、um, from your orientation, you had closer friendships with like Lanai and Fekri, and you know our, our nice little buddies. So I met、yes. them through that. But I would say also on my own,、um, I kind of formed connections with other international students, especially because of like、um, like LSO and stuff like that. Can you talk more about LSO? Because we don't have that many cultural organizations here、mm-hmm. on campus, and LSO is one of the Big ones.、Mm-hmm. How did that impact your time at WNL? Yeah, I honestly really appreciated having those kinds of organizations on campus, and they really brought me comfort because they reminded me of my friend groups back home. And I personally am not Latina or Hispanic or anything, but still having those kinds of connections with people made me feel more comfortable here. But I did grow up with a lot of、um, Latino people just just in school, as I said earlier, like with my diverse background and like my diverse friend group. And、um, I really learned a lot from that experience. It like encouraged me to like learn Spanish and just become passionate about about like learning from different people's backgrounds and trying to learn everything I can. You know, exploring different music, food groups, everything like that. So、um, it was a comfort for me to have like that ca- same kind of environment here at WNL. Like I was a little apprehensive、um, before coming here that I wouldn't be able to find that, but. Um, I definitely did, and it was really nice to have people that like listen to the same kind of music that I do, and like know the same kind of dances, and like just have like some of those shared experiences. Even though I personally, I'm not Latina, like I still had a lot of those similar、yeah. cultural experiences just growing up with those kinds of people. You're basically winter Latina. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> basically winter Latina. Yeah, and now you. And I live in the Estrogar Latino,、mm-hmm. which is also like mini Latina place on campus, yeah, basically,、uh-huh. because all of the LSO's events are happening there,、mm-hmm. like most of them. And we also get to listen to the music and just hang、mm-hmm. out. It's very, very nice.、Mm-hmm. But since you're exposed to so many different cultures, and those cultures are extremely different from the U.S. culture in、mm-hmm. a lot of senses, definitely. Do you have、uh, any like? Funny stories about、um, international students like asking you some weird things. Yes, definitely, yes. most definitely.、Um, there were actually a few students that asked me、um, if I was afraid of deer because another international student leader had told them、oh、that、God. deer would actually kill you. They were very violent creatures and they would harm you and they would hurt That's you. That's crazy. And to me, growing up having deer everywhere, I just thought that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Because to me they're the stup- they're so stupid like a deer in the headlights they'll run in front of your car but they're way more afraid of you than you could ever be of them. So when I he- when someone asked me oh are deer dangerous I just laughed because I just can't imagine、yeah. <laughs> thinking that. But then considering they've never even seen a deer before of course they're they're questioning that it makes <laughs> completely <laughs> sense. And then it's just crazy to think that like all of the animals and trees that I just became accustomed to like for my whole life like so many people it's their first time seeing it and I'm like wow that's crazy. 
y'all don't know what squirrels are. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was very interesting. Especially for people who are coming from, like, tropical yeah, regions. Warmer they're like, areas. oh my god, who is, yeah. who is deer? Hashtag fake news, honestly. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. If you're an international student out there that doesn't know already, deer are not dangerous. <laughs> PSA. That's gonna be the title of this episode. Deer, deer are, are not, not dangerous. dangerous. I love that. Okay. Anyways, WNL provides a lot of opportunities, and I know that you took advantage of a lot of them your freshman year, mm -hmm. and one of them is going actually abroad already as a freshman, which is very impressive, and you went over spring term, right? And when I just got to the U.S., you taught me a lot about culture, and I bet it's very interesting to see someone adapt to a new country. But in your case with Costa Rica, when you went, who helped you settle in and how did the process go for you? Yeah, I would say that for me, the process was a little bit different just because growing up with different Latin Americans, I was more familiar with their culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd kind of um, like understood a lot of the, the practices. But still, I would say I definitely experienced some culture shocks when I was in Costa Rica. And the people that helped me navigate those culture shocks the most would be my homestay family. I was living with um, this retired nurse and her daughter and some of her grandkids. And it was really the grandkids that kept me in line and would be honest enough with me to explain when I was doing something wrong. And I really appreciate that, appreciated that. And they would be like, if I was doing something wrong, they'd be like, Haley, what in the world? And that really um, helped me know when I was in, on track for different things. And for example, I remember one day I was walking around the house on the hardwood floors and I didn't have any shoes on. I was getting ready and they pointed at my feet and they were like, Haley, what are you doing? Why are you walking around on the on the bare floor without any shoes on? You're going to get sick. You're going to get dirty. Like, why would you do that? And... I thought to myself, that's so strange because, you know, in my family, um, like at my grandma's house in the U.S., we have to take our shoes off before walking into the house because, you know, you don't want to track dirt in the house and then, walk, like, walk in the dirt. And it's because, like, at some point you're going to take your shoes off in the house. So I thought that's a very different perspective. And, yeah. like, I wouldn't have known. They would have just let me walk around like that in the house, like, without any sandals or anything. Mm -hmm. Because, that like, they were just like, oh, she's American. She doesn't know any better. But the kids were like, Haley, you're crusty. Put on some <laughs> shoes. Like, they would not hold back for me. And even, yeah. like, if I said something wrong, I said something the wrong way, they'd be like, that's a weird way to say it. Why are you talking like that? Like, and it wasn't like they were being mean in any way. Yeah. But it's just they, they would be very honest with me about everything. So I, nice. I really appreciated that. And if I did something well, they would um, compliment me, too. They wouldn't hold back. They would be Aww. like, oh, yeah, you're so you're so good at speaking Spanish. We love how you dance. You know, That's like so they would still compliment me. So it was like the best of both worlds. But they were just very real. And I really appreciated that about them. I still talk to them. Um, I was nice. uh, I send them little videos because they can't read yet. So we have like little Aww. video messages back and forth sometimes. But yeah, oh, yeah I miss so them nice. so much. Yeah. Yeah, and they were your reality check. Kinda. They were my reality check for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And the shoes in the house, it's so different across cultures because yeah. even in like even in Nuestro Gar Latino, like you mm -hmm. have people who leave their shoes out in the hallway because mm -hmm. they don't wanna like they don't wanna wear them in. Order. Yeah. Yeah. And they ask other people to leave them too. Mm -hmm. And back home we also don't wear shoes in the house. Like yeah. we take them off and then like don't step on that. Yeah, it was very interesting to me because I would think, yeah, you don't want your floor to get to get dirty by wearing sandals, even if it's not, like, like tennis shoes, but it's very warm there, so everyone wears sandals, yeah. you know? Like, it's not very common to wear running shoes unless you're, like, going running or something. 
Like, yeah. um, but I just thought that was very interesting. And I was, I went like, this was like two or three weeks into me being there. And they're like, why are you wearing, oh walking God. on the floor with your bare foot feet? Oh like, <laughs> better late than never, I guess. Yeah, at least they, I don't think they noticed earlier, but then once they noticed, they're like, yeah. girl, what are you doing? <laughs> it is also so interesting because in a lot of, there are a lot of stereotypes about Americans that they actually wear shoes in mm-hmm. and be mean. So that's why I'm very surprised to hear that your grandma yeah. makes everyone takes the shoes takes the yeah, shoes off. Definitely, she's not having us um, mess up her carpet, mess up her nice floors. That's <laughs> yeah. And how did the program work? So you mm-hmm. got there for a couple of weeks. You lived with a host family, mm-hmm. but what did you do? Like, did you study Spanish or? So, yeah, um, there was, like, a host academy that um, kind of arranges the entire program mm-hmm. where they, they set up the host families and they um, go through them and make sure that, like, they're, they're people that would be good and supportive for, mm-hmm. like, an international student coming there and trying to learn. Um, so they set up the families. They set up a lot of different trips for us to go on oh, to so explore nice. different parts of the country. And um, they also have, like, Spanish tutoring sessions in the morning. So um, we would have classes pretty much every day, either in the morning or the afternoon, that were just a few hours where you would have um, a different teacher where you could just ask them questions about Spanish. Like you could say, I was having this conversation with this guy at this restaurant and like there was this miscommunication and I just don't understand exactly what went wrong and you repeat the conversation to them and they're like, oh, you, it sounded like you were flirting. Like, you oh got to be careful with what you're saying. Yes. And they would give you that feedback and be able to explain to you, oh, culturally, this is what we do. So personally, I uh, had not a lot of experience with Costa Rican people prior mm-hmm. to going abroad and I wasn't very familiar with all of their slang and all of their um, Makes sense. just yeah. little terms and stuff. I wasn't as familiar. So there were occasions where I would hear a saying that I didn't quite understand the first time. So Mm -hmm. I'd be able to go to my teacher and be like, hey, um, I don't really get this saying. Like, can you explain this to me? Why do they say it this way? And she would be happy to talk about like why the the history of the saying. And she also was really cool because she would always ask us about the U.S. and like what what it's like to be American. And she had very interesting opinions. Like she was asking me about Trump and Obama (laughs) and like the different presidents. And she, I forget what she thought Obama did. Um, I think she said something about Obama and, like, curing cancer and, like, how he was going to cure cancer. Oh and I God. was like, um, that's very interesting. Yeah, man yeah. of multiple talents, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know about that personally. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really fact check her, but I was like, oh, I'm just not familiar with whatever <laughs> whatever she was saying. So that was really cool that we got to have um, that experience, you know, just with another Costa Rican person kind of guiding us and supporting mm-hmm. us in our time there. But I would say a lot of our time was spent... Um, kind of exploring the town we were in. We were in a very small town, uh, very similar to Lexington, called Nicoya, and um, there was uh, not a lot of people there. I'm not sure exactly what the population was, but we got to go and visit the park and um, spend time in the cafe and just go out and meet people, and we also got involved in some of the schools, the local schools, where we Mm -hmm. would go in to help with the English classes and uh, help teach English. So that was a really rewarding experience to be with more kids who will Definitely, oh definitely keep it real, you know? Yeah, they'll so, tell you everything. They'll tell you, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's kind of the majority of the things we would do over there. You're a very unique case because you actually speak Spanish and, mm-hmm. a, like, it's a bit... It's, it's very common in the U.S. to say that you speak Spanish when you mm-hmm. actually don't. And uh, I do still highly encourage you to test people who say that they yes. do <laughs> in all lines whenever, just like mm-hmm. when they say it, you need to humble them and tell you and, and ask them if they mm-hmm. actually are. 
But um, you went to Costa Rica and you were forced to speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. A lot of Americans, when they're traveling, they stick to English because, mm -hmm. oh, I'm talking worldwide. What do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. And it was not like that for you. So how did you feel when you were forced into speaking Spanish constantly? Because I know that here you speak Spanish a lot, but how was it when you had to do it all the time? It was definitely challenging, um, especially because... You just don't think of how much mental stamina you need to just be thinking in another language that you're not used to speaking 24-7 all the time. I think a lot of um, Spanish and English speakers, especially Americans, kind of function off of Spanglish, where you're just bouncing mm -hmm. back and forth. And I would say as I progress with Spanish, I'm kind of the same way. I'm definitely a Spanglish kind of girl. <laughs> But that wasn't really going to work for me in Costa Rica, especially because a part of the program I was doing, we had to sign a contract in our honor saying oh, that wow. we would not speak any English during our time there. Um, we we wouldn't, and we had we had we had three free passes of when we could actually speak English to people, and I didn't use any of them. Oh wow! I, I didn't okay. use any actually, and I that's act impressive. I actually um, made my Costa Rican family very proud because I won an award through the program for being the person um, who spoke the least amount of English while Let's we were there. Go. Wow! Yeah. I was surprised. I didn't think I would get You're it because I just thought nobody paid attention to me, like the fact that I didn't speak English, but. Yeah, anyway, well, not that, I, not that I couldn't speak English, but I just wasn't speaking English while we were there. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, it was definitely challenging at the beginning, especially because there's a lot of different kinds of Spanish that I just don't use, like in my daily life here, because most of the time I will just be speaking Spanish with my friends, like in a very casual setting. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely like going to help teach English classes and being able to sp explain English and Spanish was kind of challenging. But that was actually a really rewarding experience because... As you were saying earlier, like, there's a lot of Americans who kind of have this assumption that they speak Spanish because they took four years of it in high school, but yeah. conversationally, it's very lacking. Like, they can't really hold a conversation with you, but they think because they got a five on their AP exam, they're <laughs> experts. Unfortunately, yeah. um, that there's a complete contrast in Costa Rica where I would go to help teach English to eighth graders, and I feel like they spoke English better than me, some of oh them. Oh, my God. Like, they just, I thought I was going to be starting from the ground up, like, <laughs> helping them with things. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, no, we got this, ma'am. And, like, they're having fluent conversations with me in English. That's And I'm impressive. like, like, that's the only time I did speak English is when I was yeah. teaching the classes. But it was just crazy to, to think about that. Their education system is so ahead. It wasn't even just private schools. I went to private and public mm -hmm. schools. And in both environments, their, even their elementary school, school students, I feel, had better conversational English than 90% of people in American high school in Spanish courses. Oh, my God. Yeah, because that was definitely my experience taking Spanish in high school where nobody uh, really put a lot of effort in to learning. Like, there'd be a few people, and the rest of the class would be, like, native speakers who are just trying to work on their grammar. Yeah. So that was, it's very interesting to see the difference and how much other countries value learning a second language because I feel like that is not a value in the United States American education system. Which is very surprising to me because the U.S. in general is such a multicultural country, mm -hmm. so you would assume that people tend to learn more and, like, in general, mm -hmm. like, get to yeah. know those cultures, but it is not always the case. It's very unfortunate because I think a lot of Americans have the perspective that if they speak English and they want to travel around the world, well... All kinds of tourism industries are going to cater to English speakers. Yeah. And they're going to try to do tours in English, provide opportunities for them in English. Even when I was in Costa Rica, I would be walking down the street in a town where, like, there were no English, native English speakers. And they would try to speak English to me 
just because they could see me and know that I wasn't from there, and they would try to make me feel comfortable. I, of course, would respond to them in Spanish, and then they take Being a deep, they could, they could take a deep breath for a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I found like in most places I went, especially when we would go to other cities that were bigger, people would always just speak to me in Spanish because they would just cater to me because they could tell that like I wasn't from yeah. there. And I think a lot of Americans have that expectation of other countries mm-hmm. and other people groups that everyone just needs to learn English and just adapt to Americans' needs. Which is very messed up. So I try to promote everyone to learn a second language. Um, I forget what the quote is specifically, but I think um, our World Languages Department always has on their website or something. Monolingualism is the illiteracy of the 21st century. And I thought that was very profound. Because, you know, we have so many more opportunities now than people had yeah. 100 years ago or 200 years ago. And we definitely, with the internet, Duolingo, YouTube, like all these resources we have... There's not much of a reason to not speak more than one language. That's true. Because yeah. if people wanted to, they would. If you wanted to, you would. Now, you, as an American, you might not have to. Learning another language really just exercises another part of your brain. And you can look at studies that will, will show you that. It works with another part of your brain that you're just not typically going to challenge in your regular environment. So um, it definitely challenged me in a lot of ways and made me think differently because I'm not a native Spanish speaker. I started speaking Spanish in early middle school and just kind of built upon that through my friends just up up until now. But yeah, I think it's very important that Americans and people around the world try to learn other languages. I think it's been very beneficial to you as a person and just trying to understand other cultures. So if you need the inspiration to learn another language, here's your inspiration, my friends. Yes. Honestly, you set the bar very high. When I just met you, you were just so, um, how to say that, not like involved, but you were so genuinely interested and like excited because I was concerned. Like for a second, Mm -hmm. like before I got here, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to hate me. She's so (laughs) going to hate me because I'll be making like some dumb things just because mm-hmm. I've ne- like I've never been to the US before I got here so mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah I'm gonna ask her some stupid questions and like a week two she's gonna be done with me and request <laughs> a, like a roommate swap but no that did not no. happen and you actually taught me a lot of cool things that really make up my routine here and that's something that I'll be forever grateful for but the encounters with other people sometimes they were after the bar was set so high I'm just going to throw it out there. It was not as good. (laughs) And um, Thakur was also mentioning it in his episode when Mm -hmm. he was talking about it. And yeah, there's some definitely less favorable encounters. Yeah, that's that's very unfortunate. I wish that wasn't always the case. But yeah, I was genuinely excited to try to share my American experience with another person and talk about like, my experience growing up as an American and um, my like all the intricacies of stuff that isn't always accurately portrayed in Hollywood. I know you grew up watching a lot of Disney movies and yeah, I remember like, or, like having these expectations of what like American high school would look like or uh, frat parties and it was um, nice to try to elucidate some of those misconceptions. <laughs> yes, yeah. it, was, it was quite yeah. a journey. Yeah, you know? It's sure. still ongoing yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, speaking of ongoing, or should I say, outgoing, <laughs> this winter term, I was I was talking about it earlier, but mm-hmm. this winter term, I am going to St. Andrews in Scotland, mm-hmm. and you are also going abroad, so do you mind sharing, like, where are you going, what are you going to do there? Yeah, of course, yeah, I'm going to be studying in Valencia in Spain, 
And I'm actually doing this through a program at UVA, which is a pre-health program that allows you to take uh, keep a, keep on track with your pre-med classes while taking additional Spanish courses. So this is really the perfect program for me because I know a lot of um, pre-health people are worried, or some majors, they're worried that they won't be able to study abroad. But this was something that I wanted to do since I was like 10 years old, where I planned out, I'm gonna, I will study abroad if I can, if I can afford it. And we love Washington and Lee for yes. making making dreams come true. Exactly. With, you know, with our lovely endowment. So so exciting! I got <laughs> my financial amazing. aid award letter today. Yeah. Made me so happy. We love finally. financial aid awards. Honestly, my my favorite part of the email whenever yeah. I see it pop out, I was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, but I'll be studying in Valencia, and it's actually going to be another homestay experience where we'll be staying with a oh, really? with a, with another family in nice. Valencia, and that's something I'm really excited about because I had such a positive experience in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. But it's actually kind of funny because um, I was telling uh, my Costa Rican family, the family that I had stayed with, that I wanted to study in Spain for winter mm-hmm. term, and they actually got a little bit jealous. They're oh my like, god. No, you know we're jealous. Like, we're your main family. <laughs> like, you better not be going up there making other families. Making and it's other funny families. Because that's how my family is, too. They're like, you're going out staying with all these other families. You have so many mothers. You have so many oh other families god. on the side. I'm like, you make me sound like like, I'm just some very questionable figure with all these families all over the place. <laughs> but, families on the yeah, side. families on the side in other countries. <laughs> but, oh, my God. But, yeah, that's something that I'm really excited about, especially because I haven't had a lot of um, cultural experience with Spaniards, specifically. Mm-hmm. Most of my experience uh, growing up in Northern Virginia has been with Latino people. So I don't really know as much about mm-hmm. Spanish culture and what it entails to be a Spaniard, you know, so I'm really excited to learn about that. And I'm also supposed to work. Um, I'm not sure it, exactly what program they'll put me into, but I'm supposed to volunteer in some sort of medical setting. Oh, so wow, I'll either be working um, with a cardiologist or I think in wow. the hospital, but I, I'm not sure yet. And I'm also your um, second language. Let's go. Yeah, I'm also kind of nervous about that just because um, I've done some medical translation at my old job and it can be challenging at times of course. to explain medical terms in Spanish, but I'm working on it. It's we're we're gonna make the most out of this. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna yeah. do great. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and I'm waiting because we should meet up in London and have a great time in London. Yes, I would love that. Our plan right now is over our spring break for me to come see Veronica in London. Uh, and we'll we'll be reunited because yes. this really will be the longest we've ever been apart since we've met. Because we, it's going to be really crazy because we lived in the same room in Gaines for a year. Then I went to Costa Rica and then we moved in together again over the summer and third year when we were doing research over the summer. And then now we live literally across the hall from each other in Nuestro Galatino. So it's going to be, it's going to be rough. I know. Yeah. I think, I think I have a separation anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, though. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy it's gonna to be think different. about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least we're going to be in similar time zones because yes. we coordinated the study abroad. Yes. That's going to be great. It's no coincidence that she's yeah. going to Scotland the same semester that I'm going to Spain. <laughs> Did not just happen out of nowhere. No, it was not an accident. <laughs> yeah. 
Is there anything particular about your trip to Spain that excites you? Like maybe a specific class or like something exact that you're going to be doing except for like medical training, medical practice? Yeah, <laughs> I would say the thing I'm most excited about is just to be able to explore Valencia and travel mm-hmm. the different places in Spain and maybe even Europe. Just because, like, I remember ever since I was, like, 10 or 11, I would make these itineraries of all the new museums I was going to go to in Europe. I am kind of a nerd when it comes to museums. I (laughs) I love museums, art museums, like, science museums. It doesn't really matter. I just, uh, I love learning random facts. So I made all these lists of these museums I would visit, and a lot of those Mm -hmm. places that I wanted to go see are in Spain. So I'm just going to be trying to, you know, do all the cultural things, you know, go to the different museums, go to the different um, historic sites, and then um, I'll mansplain to whoever I'm with the historical significance of whatever it is. I I drive people crazy with that, where I'll be like, yeah, you know this, actually, in 1957, and then they're like, Haley, we don't (laughs) care. Thank you so much, but no thank you. (laughs) So yeah, I would say that's what I'm most excited about, and definitely... um, I'm hoping to hit up some beaches. I'm definitely a beach person. So we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. Because Valencia is on is on the beach. I'm so excited for you. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And since you already had this experience as an international student, right, in Costa Rica, and then you observed other international students adapting, do you have any advice for potential international students? Yeah, I would say... Um, You have to be patient with yourself. You can't expect to adapt into a new culture right away and expect to be, like, especially if you're coming to the U.S., you can't expect to be American just coming here to study abroad. You have to have realistic expectations for yourself and stay true to yourself and your culture and your upbringing from whatever your country you're coming from. And then you can bring your perspective to that wherever you're studying abroad. I feel like half of the experience of studying abroad is learning about other cultures and the other half is sharing your culture with other people. So I think you have to be stay, stay true to yourself and your upbringing and don't try to cover that to try to fit in with anyone because that's, that's who you are and that's the whole beauty of studying abroad. Um, but yeah, just be, be patient for yourself and have an open mind. Like you might think something is like, oh, this is gonna be nasty. I don't wanna try this food. Or be like, oh, I hate that, this kind of music. I don't know how to dance to it. (laughs) But, like, just take a deep breath and just think, you know what? I'm just going to make the best out of this. We're just going to do what we can, you know? For example, Veronica, when she first came here, was very apprehensive about trying different foods. And I'm the complete opposite. I want to try any new kind of food I can. I'm really excited about it. So I was like, what in the world? And I'm always pressing her to try different things. Uh, For example, uh, she didn't even want to go to Napa Thai when she first got to Lexington. And now she's like, every single weekend, she's like, Haley, (laughs) do you want to order Napa Thai takeout? Let's go to Napa Thai. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, girl, you didn't even want to go there. (laughs) And I did until like July. (laughs) Yeah. It's been almost a year. And I I was like, okay. Yeah, you went and you loved it. So my message to anyone who's studying abroad or considering it, try everything. Try everything you can because you never know. You might end up getting hooked on some drunken noodles. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I love how you finished up the advice. (laughs) It is a great advice. And um, whether you're going as a like full-time international student or you just studying abroad for a term, it's very important to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. For your information, I'm very open to anything except for food. Okay. Food is just not okay. my thing. 
Yeah, just but it's okay. I'm working on it. That's I'm working good. on it. That's what matters. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm very excited for you to go to Spain and I cannot wait to hear all of the stories. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing your experience and taking the time to talk to me about it. It was mm-hmm. great and well, good luck to you in yeah. Spain. Thank you so much. Good luck to any everyone considering studying abroad or uh, who is studying abroad now, I know you'll make the best of it. And with this wonderful advice, I'm wrapping up the first episode of Veronica with a K. Next, I'll have Fakri, an international student from Egypt who is studying business and computer science at Washington and Lee. We will discuss a cultural change from Egypt to the United States, his experience here as an international student, and a study abroad program he did in Denmark. Don't forget to subscribe to Veronica with a K on Spotify and give our Instagram account VeronicaWK a follow so you won't miss the next episode. And remember, no one will discover the world for you.